What up, buddy? Not a lot. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I am going to give you a forewarning right now in about 20 minutes. I may have you talk Apple leasing because I need to get up and start the oven for what will eventually be dinner. What are you making? Tomahawk pork chops doing the classic reverse sear thing. I'm getting a little bit nervous with my grill, though. I have a gas grill, which I'm not thrilled about. I wish it was a different grill setup, but I'm working with what I have right now. It's starting to get too many hot spots, though. So cooking the tomahawk pork chop over that just gets grease dripping everywhere. And there's small fires all over my grill by the time it's done over the course of three minutes. Yep. Um, speaking of that, tonight, there's a... there. There are not enough uh, new food shows. And the food shows I like, you know, are either instructional food shows or you go to a restaurant, go to a city, show me someplace, right? I don't like competitions, um, not not food competitions. It's funny, as much sports as I watch, um, I, I guess I get my competition in there. But there's a pretty good show. Selena Gomez, is she an actress or a singer? Both. She was dating Bieber back in the day, right? I know my niece was a big fan of hers. Let's see. Anyway, she's got a food show and uh, Michael Simon's going to be on. And they go to her house and just cook different stuff. But it's pretty good stuff. And they're reverse searing steaks tonight. So I'm always, you know, you know, that's a big method for me. Did one the other night. And I'm always curious, you know, to get different interpretations of it. It really is the idiot-proof method to cook meat. Yeah, I'm living proof of that. I cook a really good steak and a really good pork chop, and it's because I reverse sear them, and I use a meat thermometer to make sure that I'm getting it to the temperature it needs to be at. It's funny because I guess some people consider that cheating, like it's not as natural, but hey, I'm using all the tools at my disposal here. I'm not trying to limit myself. I mean, it's not like the the, the steak tastes better, so I don't know. I mean, cheating... Like this is, you know, we're not taking the SAT here. All right. Yeah. And I'm not trying to win some sort of campfire competition either. I'm trying to make the best meal possible. Yeah. Hey, by the way, do you have a sous vide? Because I think uh, I've been on Amazon, been buying some stuff. I think I may grab one of those. We just got one a couple months ago from neighborhood friends that were never using it and so like hey you want it and justine asked me and i'm like yeah sure that'll that might work at some time but it's just that i haven't gotten to the point of using it just yet because i've got my the the easy ways that i do the same handful of meals that we eat week after week and i just don't want to have to test anything right now just football season is a bad time to uh to start getting into a new machine you know but i tell you what like this is the first saturday where we are going to be, it'll be one of the good things about the playoff. I've talked about the the good and bad is that that probably will, I don't know what the schedule will be like. So this Saturday, everyone may be off, but um, yeah, we're hitting that spot now where, where it's good time to catch up on other shows, reading, try new foods, but the sous vide is another bulletproof way to cook like fish and chicken and really get it, you know, really nail it without, because it's hard, man. If you if you saute stuff over, you know, you got to really be a pro who's doing that every night, knocking out 300 to smell, touch, feel, hear, and just know it's fucking, it's perfect right now. 
No doubt about that. That's a great question, by the way, is when does the 12-team playoff start week-wise? And when would be the best time to do so? Because you don't want to give those top four seeds too much time off. Right. I mean, we, we've seen it in baseball. Baseball is a different sport with timing, but we've obviously seen it in football, and they've had a month off for a long time now. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I would think I would think it it starts like the 18th, right? By then, I mean, or 17th, 20th, whatever that, you know, next boy, week. Boy, that's, it's a great question because there's been a lot of talk about getting rid of conference championship games because they may just matter less because it could hurt a team that otherwise would be in the playoff, right? Going up against another good team. But you almost still need the conference championship games to avoid a two to three week layoff for everybody. Like I feel like the playoff should start the week after conference championship games, but that I guess pushes the, uh, the playoff to the, to the start of the, uh, that very next year. Yeah. So, you know, college football wants to get closer into the middle of the month if they can. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll see how all that plays out, but, um, all right. So steaks tonight, what are you doing with that? You doing potatoes, you doing a uh, kale, Huh. No, I don't often cook kale. Usually I know. I, I'm just kidding with you. You know that. Oh, I know, but I'm I'm gonna answer it seriously because it's what I do. Uh, I use kale. The my only use for kale. This is the God's honest truth here. I swear, I don't I fucking do kale chips. I, I've done those in the past, but they're just too labor intensive. The only time I really do kale is in fish tacos. And even then, it's not guaranteed. Like, if I've got good purple cabbage or just green cabbage, then I'll probably go that over kale to get that crunch, to get that uh, that vegetation, if you will. Mm-hmm. By the way, we were grossly underselling Selena Gomez. We said singer and actress. She's a singer, Kevin, a songwriter, an actress, a businesswoman, a producer, and... A, ph- a ph- philanthropist, if I can get that word out. If I can, all right. Seven, seven of those are bullshit. So she sings and acts, and probably only one of those. Yeah, yeah. She's good looking. woman, man. She's a part of a show that's gotten a lot of love recently with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Only murders in the building, I think it's called. I haven't watched an episode yet, but I've heard good things. Okay, I like Martin and Short. Okay, too. What's up? And I like Martin and Short okay, too. Martin Short? I love Martin uh, Short. Steve Martin and Martin Short, yeah. Okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm a big Martin Short guy. Um, he's, he's done a lot of shit over the years. Him and Arrested Development, he was hilarious. Yeah. You know, when the, when the bodyguard brings him in carrying him? Yeah, like, he's I mean, an old workout old- guy, like the Jack LaLanne or whatever. Jack Lane, rich, but he was, uh, he had no feeling from the legs down. And so, I mean, it, it was a really, really funny scene. I actually put it out on Twitter, but yeah, big, big Martin short guy. But yeah, I watched it last week. Alex, uh, Gornishelli was on it. You know, I'm at that point now where I'm going to be thirsty and starved for new material. So I wish they would do more food shows. They're doing all these damn competitions now. Get away from that. Like, you yeah, know, I mean, they're, they're go just to, go trying, to Portland and show me that they're trying to appeal to that short attention span. Right. 
I guess. Um, I don't like any of those. I mean, Iron Chef America would have been the best, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll be checking that out tonight. A little reverse sear as you're doing your reverse sear. Yeah. What are you cooking for dinner? I have some leftovers. I also have pork that I've been brining. So I may actually, you know, depending on how hungry I am, I'll finish off the leftovers, chicken, and then cook the pork. And I've got like zucchini and rice already cooked. So I'm good to go, man. You've been doing a really good job with the diet recently. Like clearly, yeah. clearly making a uh, an effort. Kudos. Yeah. No, it's been, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to at least four times a week, at least three, but hopefully four, eat a salad for lunch, keep that light, keep that healthy. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been pretty good on it. So I'm getting to the age. I mean, you get to your mid forties and you got to start really paying attention to that. I'm lucky with my metabolism. So it's not like a, really a weight deal, but I, I can put on bad weight when it doesn't look like I have bad weight on, which is why I stripped all that down. And now I'm trying to build back up, but I want to build smartly and not put on bad weight. Yeah, your your body is funny because it it tricks you a little bit because you don't put on the weight. You don't turn into a sack of potatoes like I do when I get fat, where it's like I get fat between my kneecaps and my elbows, like everything in between face, armpits. That's the one that grosses me out enough, like belly fat. All your fat turns into visceral fat, which is the worst type of fat. And don't yeah. get me wrong, obese people have a lot of visceral fat too, but that's the only area it shows up for you. Yeah, it, that's pretty much, but, but, but I feel it. So I have hip issues or back issues. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just as bad for me. It's just not as obvious, but it's still the same problem that you have to fix. So I'm in the middle of fixing it right now, but yeah, the, the, the diet is, is definitely one of those. I'm trying to cut down on sodas too. When I got Gatorade right now, I mean, I'm still drinking too much of that, but you know, if that, if that's really all I'm doing, it's poor for my health. That's probably okay. How many sodas are you consuming a day or were you consuming down, a day at, at its worst? Um, at its worst three, but I'm down to like, you know, two, one for lunch, one for dinner. Sometimes it goes to three, sometimes four. I mean, it's, you know, but yeah, that's it's a, a lot. That That's a lot of sugar Yeah, and not all calories are the same. So liquid sweetens consumables, let's call them, will hit your system a whole lot fa uh, faster than something that you're having to eat. Even simple carbs that, carbs that break down really quickly and spike your blood, blood sugar. Yeah, it's really bad with the sugary beverages, and they're so easy to consume, too. It's weird for me because I don't drink them ever. Whenever I do, actually, Olipop's kind of an exception. Uh, is another reason why Olipop is so good. But like regular sodas, if I were to drink a, a root beer, let's say, or even a Diet Coke, I feel like I've just eaten a meal. Hmm. So you feel that way for like 45 minutes to an hour. At least I do. But then I find myself really craving more food and more sweet food at that hour mark. That's crazy. Yep. No, you can feel it. Um, and the more you cut down when I have cut down, I've gone a day without having any of it, man. I feel it. Like you feel the withdrawals. Yeah. Yeah, I've quit a lot of stuff in my life. Everything from booze, weed, referring to myself in conversation, which was the hardest thing to try and do. Um, coffee, sugar, the physical withdrawals for sugar were worse than any of that other stuff. Yeah. 
It feels like you have the fucking flu times 10. Does not feel good, which is why I'm glad I'm on sugar right now. Um, ben, are you, are you still giddy even on Thursday? The fact Texas is in and um, they've got a good shot, man. I think Washington's going to be a tough opponent. I think it's a tough matchup for what Texas doesn't do well. But, dude, we're in the playoff. Won the Big 12. Like, you could not have dialed up a better year for UT. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess you could have. You beat OU. Okay. But realistically speaking, you know. Like in terms of the goals right now, the goals were right. to win the Big 12 and make the playoff, and you've done both of those things. And another goal is to win a national championship. And, yeah, you feel good about that possibility too. Dude, I'm, I'm so much like you with regard to this that, like, is it cool? Yes. Am I looking forward to going to, to New Orleans to broadcast with Texas Sports Unfiltered and to go to the game too? Of course. But there's a lot of time between now and then, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let my mood be uh, be too affected one way or the other by where Texas football is right now. I'm certainly glad that they are uh, in this conversation and that we're playing in New Orleans on New Year's night. But no, I mean, you know, business as usual. It's been a busy week, so I haven't thought about it too much, even within the parameters of having to talk about it for the job. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be good. Get some uh, August Snoky too. Yeah, you sent uh, you sent me there the last time Texas played in New Orleans that went over Georgia and went with a couple of friends and we all really liked it. Tyler Coe was a part of yeah. that. I remember Tyler talking about that. He's like, dude, I felt like a douchebag. I walk in there and it's like some fancy ass place. And I was like, how was Anoki? He's like, it was amazing. Well, New Orleans is weird. You would assume New Orleans is much more casual than it is because everybody's drinking everywhere. Right. There were a lot of white tablecloth places. And yeah. I'll admit, we were underdressed. We were going to the game right afterwards. But I just assumed that it was uh, that it was a little bit more casual. But it's also New Orleans. So even though it's white tablecloth, they're like, we don't fucking care. Yeah. You know that you just come off of Bourbon Street or you may be going there, going to a football game or a basketball game. So it still is everything goes. It's just that, uh, I guess, that French, uh, that French influence over that entire area showing its head. Yeah, French, a little Southern, you know, let's go ahead and dress up and get all, you know, hot, blah, 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 you know, that, that stuff. Um, but yeah, de definitely the French influence, but that's going to be great. That should be, I mean, I would think that town's going to be at least 75% Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, because the game, the game's got to be at least like 65, 70, right? And there's going to be that right. many more Longhorn fans who are just going to celebrate New Year's. Yeah. That's going to be fun, though. That's going to be a good time. Um, I'm, I'm going to eat it up. I am going to enjoy it every week and not get nervous about it because, like you said, it's a month away. So just enjoy, you know, enjoy the whole thing. I tried to do that in 1990, knowing that we'd probably get our ass kicked in a month against yeah. Miami. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the Southwest Conference Championship. Just eat it up and we'll face that reckoning when we get there. Is there something specific you find yourself smiling about right now as you do enjoy where this team is? That's a good question. Um, just the fact that they all, you know, really came together. I mean, they really are a team and they could have lost on Saturday. And we've been talking about that before. I mean, you can just see even some of the locker room videos <laughs> after the game when they're seeing Texas fight like they these guys are a group. And uh, and a family, 
And so it's been, you know, I, I guess that to go with their play on the field. And they've also gotten better, which I really like. That That's a good, healthy sign for a program. When they had those three games, you're like, ooh, where are they at? And they finished strong. And, and they're playing better football right now. They seem more connected on the field. Yeah, you pointed something out amidst that weird stretch where they were uh, building big leads and then finding ways to almost collapse in games. And I forget which one it was. If it was, was it Kansas State maybe? And like, there's obviously, this team went through some flaws and they were playing with a backup quarterback whose play was getting questionable once that initial script was over with. A defense that was having a a hard time covering the competition. And you and I were talking post game, and I ran through several things. And you're like, you know what? You're right. But they just beat a ranked opponent. They held on to win in a game that they lose quite frequently in the past. I'm just enjoying this. Like, good for them for figuring out how to win this one. Yeah. And uh, this this team has done a lot of that this year, including situations where they're not having to hold on, where you feel really good, like cruising into the zeros at the end of the fourth quarter, like the Alabama game. Right. And this, this, like on top of them being fun in terms of winning, because that is a hell of a lot better than losing. Like the, the roster top to bottom is a lot of fun too. Like there aren't, it's maybe a bad thing to admit, but some, there's guys on every team that I watch for Texas that I'm not like crazy about that style player personality or whatever. Like this, this team doesn't really have that. No, that that's a great point. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are guys throughout the years you're like, oh, I'm glad he's on our team, but he's not exactly, you know, he's the type of guy who would have pissed me off for playing against him. Um, and it as doesn't much, feel as like much as people love Brock Cunningham. He has been one of those guys for me, just because I see how dirty he gets sometimes and how yeah, much. I mean, Brian Boddicker was someone I totally understood why OU fans hated him. I liked yeah. him. I liked him personally. He was a good guy, actually, too. Um, but also, too. yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, yeah. A lot of times they end up being good guys, but you see why they piss people off. And I mean, I'm sure people aren't super fired up to go up against Devondre sweat. You know, I mean, talk about like, when he, like when you're that good, he's got his pad level and leverage. That's been a huge improvement for him. And so when he's playing with that type of leverage in that base at six, four, three sixty, he could be three sixty eight. Who knows? I like, I mean, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. No one could do shit this year against him. Yeah, and then when you pair him with Byron Murphy and Baron Sorrell, who's been great. Sorrell's been underrated. Uh, unsung hero of the defense, yeah. for sure. And while there's still been cons- some inconsistency at that other edge position, it's been more productive than it has in the last few years, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the secondary has been better than it has been for a long time, too. And the secondary was not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's closer to what it was three years ago. But, but yeah, no, the edge has definitely been better. It's not where it needs to be, but it, it was kind of hot and cold, too, where the defensive tackles, the interior was just good the whole time. And not good, great the whole time. Yeah, and that other edge rush spot, it's been like a cavalcade, a rotating door of guys who are finding ways to be productive. Ethan Burke is the most obvious thing. Getting a little bit of Anthony Hill at that position. Justice Bingley has had some moments this year. That's been great to see slowly coming along. A guy that uh, may may take a big step forward next year. Justice Bingley, I I seem to remember you mentioning him at some point. Yep. I mean, 
talk, talk about a sharp fucking kid, dude. Oh, that's good to hear. Crap. Um, no, uh, uh, just maybe, maybe the smartest guy on the team. Is that right? Finkley, if both his parents are doctors, um, yeah, like just not only really smart, really educated, really on top of it. No, I mean, he, he was asking qu financial questions at 19 that, fuck, I didn't know at 30. Um, you know, really, really, really bright. Um, and that's the other thing. I mean, a lot of these guys, the guys that we dealt with were really s sharp, smart kids that were way ahead of their age. I mean, way ahead of their age and the stuff they're thinking about, the stuff they're planning for, the, the you know, you know. So with my IRA, 19-year-olds talking about fucking IRAs. Um, like it, these kids are like, so I, I told you they could have gone to eight and five or eight and four and I would have been super proud of them, like the type of kids they're recruiting. But to go 12 and one and have those and some of that plays together too, like some of them coming together. And, and also this is a pretty smart football team this year on the field. And that matches off the field too. Yeah. Not a whole lot of uh, stupid, needless mistakes. Unfortunately, one of those is going to cost this team in the first half of the uh, semifinal game with Derek Williams. We found this out the other day. So it wasn't the big 12 that decided to uphold the targeting call. That decision is made nationally. So it was the NCAA that saw that play. Look, it was it was a stupid, stupid moment for Derek Williams. He should have been called for a penalty. He shouldn't have been called for a targeting. I understand letter of the law is crown of his helmet, hit the other helmet first. But it's very clear what intent is. And unfortunately for Texas, a team that if there is a biggest question on this roster right now, either side of the ball, it's how are they going to be able to cover Washington? You're going to be down your next safety or your best safety rather for the first two quarters. Well, and Jalen Catalan's not going to, I mean, I don't know if he's going to play or not. Is he going to play even though I, he's. I, I would assume no, because he didn't play in the big 12 championship game at all. And he immediately put his name in the portal. Like guys, uh, I guess have that option. But he's fallen so far out of favor with the coaches. He didn't even get in in that game, yeah. even in mop-up duty. And even though he's been available since, I think, the Iowa State game, he's only played in one of three games in that time. And those were garbage time minutes at the end of Tech, I believe. Yeah. So he's gone. I mean, you know, there, there isn't a whole lot of disappointment on this year's team. That That's definitely one of the disappointing um, storylines, though. Not that you expected him for every game, but he would be able to give you something. He did early, but sadly comes to an end with no real good understanding as to why. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have figured it would have been like I was not surprised at all that he got injured. We were all kind of expecting that with his past and his shoulder issues and just the way he plays. I mean, he's a you know heat-seeking missile. Um, but the fact that he was able to come back and then didn't play, that that's probably more of the surprise. I figured he would have you know, probably had to retire because of injuries. So according to CB and yeah, this report has been around. He cleaned out his locker and isn't with the team. Yeah, that, that's going to be tough, man. Washington has three guys that can go. I've talked about Jalen McMillan, um, who's kind of the third guy. And, uh, uh, you know, he was kind of going, I was talking with him last year about DeBoer and kind of how they're building it. And, and that is a high-level offense. And they've got three receivers that can go, and Penix is on target and is super accurate. 
And that that that's just that's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, that that's going to be a loss in the first half, not having him. Yeah, their running back is really good too. He does a great job of getting upfield. And is uh, speaking Number of unsung seven, heroes, he's kind of, been, he's kind of been an unsung hero for that roster in the second half. As the the passing attack has struggled for one reason or another, injuries, etc. Uh, he's really helped to stabilize things on that side of the ball. Yeah, no, he's been good, and I'm sure that. I'm not sure how much they're going to mess around with that, knowing how good Texas is. I mean, they, they're obviously going to do it a little bit, but I, I think they're really going to attack Texas uh, in the secondary with their three guys. I completely agree. And what worries me about that is I've been saying for about a month now, a team is going to try and pass to set up the run to have success against that run defense. And they're actually going to find better levels than just running straight at them. And I think Washington does that. Yeah. Which is another um, concern, obviously, with Derek without Derek Williams there. Although the safeties, for as bad as they've been in coverage, have uh, still remained good in helping out with the run at that second, occasionally third level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if they run on Texas, they're they're going to win the game. Um, so I, I hope you just make them one dimensional, and and it's going to be a big month just in terms of the secondary and getting better and. So some of these young guys, I mean, Malik Muhammad, it feels like he's really coming on. He, he had some really nice, really nice plays and good coverage, including yeah. that slant that he broke up in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I would say, I know he and Ryan Watts play the same position, but I almost feel like it should be him and Watts out there. If he's okay covering, they, they play field side, right? Or are they boundary? Um, Watts is boundary. So if he's comfortable playing field side maybe you get him and watts out uh him and uh watts out there first and have brooks coming off the bench or coming in to spell uh muhammad at times but gavin holmes has also really come on recently too which i was glad to see because yeah. i was expecting more out of him at the start of the year no he he's made some plays the last couple of weeks so he's been uh he's been been pretty good i've I'm cautiously optimistic that Jaron Thompson is starting to figure it out because even he has been better yeah. over the last few games. And I, you know, you're talking about the best safety combination without Derek Williams in there. Cause you can argue about who the second safety should be, I guess with Derek Williams, I think it's probably Taff at this point, but Jaron Thompson eases a lot of that concern in the uh, sec first half. Excuse me. If, uh, if we really start seeing more signs of the guy who has uh, been such a ball hawk through his first year, few years at Texas before uh, a strange drop off this season. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, he, he has looked better and it looks like he's starting to <laughs> kind of get it. He's a talented guy. Yeah. So yeah, he's a great example of someone that it, it, if he can really up his game, remember you have a whole month now to get better. And that's where, especially the younger guys, like, Derek or Malik can can really show a, a huge leap. Hey, go start your oven. I'm going to give Apple Leasing some love here. Thank you. All right, Apple Leasing, um, one of our new partners here. They've been around for a long time, man. They've been around for, like, what is it, like 30-plus years? I've known Scott Crossett, the owner, for a long time. And once you get to know him as a person, you realize – why Apple leasing has been around that long and why it's the perfect place to lease from. Obviously, a lot of people right now, we got changing markets. So if you're not comfortable with buying a car, lease one. You can go ahead and lease whatever you want from them. So you can give them a price. That's one of the cool things about Apple is that give them a price, say, hey, here, here's where I'm comfortable. 
This is what I'm the range I'm comfortable spending. What can I drive for that? You can test drive it. And at that point, you obviously know you're good money wise. If you know what you want, like, hey, I got to make and a model. What can I get for that? Go ahead and let them know. They've got people online. If you get to AppleLeasing.com or you can just call them 512-346-9977. It's 512-346-9977 or get to AppleLeasing.com. And when you're on there, you can actually just message someone. So if you don't really want to talk to someone right now, but you want to kind of figure out where they're at or maybe where you're at and maybe something that would interest you, go ahead and message them and they'll get back to you right away. Really good people. It's AppleLeasing.com. Uh, also a shout out to um, Dave, Dave Clausen and um, our, our mushroom guy, my man. Dave, oh, Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave said, what's up? So um, you can obviously go to uh, TexasSports.com or not TexasSports.com. You can use Texas Sports as the code if you want to uh, get a little bit off of that. What's the website, too? I'm forgetting the website. Why am I forgetting the website? Is it Encapsulate.com? EncapsulateUSA.com. EncapsulateUSA.com. That's yeah. that's what it is. And use Texas Sports and you'll get 10 bucks off. See, you and I are lucky because uh, these guys are hooking it up right now. And this is an incredible, incredible supplement. Dude, it's been great. It's been great for me as I talk about trying to get off sugar and trying to get a little healthier. Um, that's been like, that has really helped me out. Cause I feel so much better in the morning and really all my acid reflux is gone. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Cause you were, uh, you were still dealing with some of the, uh, some of the cleaning out, I guess a few days after I was, and that was a result of just some of the junk that you were putting in there. Yeah. I mean, and it, 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 it'll clean you out first couple of days of this. I mean, you're, you're going to feel it and it just kind of gets all the crap out. But then as I've been taking it regularly now, it's just good you know, especially with my allergies, like, I mean, it, it really cleans me out in the morning, which is great. It has a really positive mental effect too. Yeah. Sort of clarity, focus, creativity. Yeah. And this is the non-psilocybin kind too. This is just an incredible right. medicinal blend. EncapsulateUSA.com. And I, I never had any idea. It's funny. It is cool when you get older and, you know, you obviously know you don't know everything or anywhere close to that. But when you find something out like that, you feel like a dumbass because it's like for 44 years I was walking around and didn't realize that like actual mushrooms, non-sibicidic are, are that important to our body. I, I love the taste of mushrooms. I cook with them. Cremini's, baby Bella's, let's go. What about lion's mane before? I don't know if I've ever cooked that. Lion's mane, uh, that, I mean, that's to me, that sounds like a psilocybin mushroom. It's not. It's a, uh, it's a mushroom that is very intimidating though. If you've ever seen one at Central Market or another grocery store, I got to look at that thing. I'm like, I have no idea how to begin to try and cook that. Yeah. How do I cut it up? Right. I think lion's mane is the focus part of things, if I'm not mistaken. Like all these different types of mushrooms have a different effect. Immune, anxiety, focus. There are people that have replaced coffee with 
mushroom teas essentially in the morning. I can't yeah. get on that. Doesn't quite work for me. I like the taste of coffee much more than I do the taste of mushrooms. But it's just another option, another way to uh, to try and consume those things. So we were talking about it earlier, kind of a down year for all of football. Um, fun. I mean, it's, it's still fun. Like when we say that, we're just, you know, it's not like I think the sport's really in trouble right now. But college football, it's not its strongest year. Pro football, too, the NFL. Uh, really, any there are a number of teams that could win the Super Bowl, and whoever wins it this year, a lot like college football, we ain't going to be comparing them to the 93 Cowboys and the 94 Niners. No, it's maybe a bit prisoner of the moment, but the team that's closest to that right now is the 49ers. Yeah, but they also have three in a row. Here's, I mean. here's the problem with that, though. Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. I know, right. like, I get it. He's been better than anybody expected being Mr. Irrelevant. He's in a great system, obviously, but he's got a lot of talent around him. But the, the quarterback just isn't there for this to be considered an all-time great team. Like they've got a really good defense too. The passing, the, the, uh, the past defense has been a little bit suspect this year, but with the addition of Chase Young, they've got a ton of talent on that side of the ball too, but it's just a, just like you said, one of those strangely down years in football across the board. You were saying that what, like, Westlake is still a really good team, obviously, because of how far they've gotten. But this year feels a little bit different from some of the past Westlake teams, too. Yeah, it does. Now, in, in fairness to Westlake, and because I did say that, and and they have, I mean, they're they're coming off of a run where that they're probably never going to have again. I mean, you're not going to have Kate Klubnick and Great House and Bosick and Burke and Taff, and I mean, they had some really damn good players to go with. It's usually a really well coached, um, well oiled machine. So, but yeah, I, it, it, it's just, you got to really enjoy whenever it's at a super high level, but it's also made college football and probably the NFL a lot of fun this year because it's kind of matchup driven, you know, it's not like I definitely know that these are the top two or three teams. It's more, well, who are they going to play? Ooh, that's strength against weakness. That may yeah. knock them out, you know, and a little worried about that with Texas, obviously, because Texas sure. could beat anyone, but Washington is a tough matchup for what Texas doesn't do well. So the big game this NFL weekend is Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys are slight favorites right now, according to Vegas. They win a tough matchup against Seattle last week where they trailed for much of the game, and the Eagles – I've been a weird team for about a month now that uh, finally saw them lose a game last weekend in pretty embarrassing fashion to those 49ers too. Uh, how do you see Cowboys Eagles right now? I mean, the Cowboys are a lot like the Dolphins to me that 80% of the league, they, they just beat the shit out of. Yeah. And there's probably a couple matchups when they face really top tier teams that they don't look very good. So they're going to have to prove it. I thought they outplayed Philadelphia last time. I think they win this game. I don't think it matters at all. Cause are you seeing the Cowboys remaining schedule? It's tough. Yeah. Compared to Philly, Philly has like the giants twice. They have Crockett and then they play Lanier at house park. <laughs> I um, think the Cowboys schedule. I hadn't looked at Philly's yet. I mean, compared to the Cowboys, the Cowboys have, Detroit, Miami, uh, who else do they have? Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. Like, it's not it's not Philly's schedule. Like, look at Philly. They have the Giants twice, I believe. All right, Philly's schedule. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's a joke. It is the Giants twice. So after the Cowboys, they play at Seattle. And that is a Monday night football game. And then they end, how about this, this sandwich? Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Yeah. Good Lord, like, guys. So right. they're going to they're gonna win the East no matter probably what happens this Sunday. But I think it's more important for the Cowboys to prove to themselves that, you know what, we can beat one of these teams. We can beat a Philly or I don't know if they match up well enough with San Francisco to beat them, but we can beat a top-tier team. The Cowboys are dangerous right now for a couple of obvious reasons and one that has uh, Cowboys fans even more hopeful because of what you thought this guy could be this year with nobody else standing in his way. Dak has been exceptional. Yeah. The best, if not the best quarterback in the NFL right now, performance-wise. The defense has remained good. They stumbled a little bit after that Diggs injury and the Van Der Esch injury, which is completely understandable. But they're back playing to a, a pretty high level. And you've started to see a little bit of the running backs come on in these last few weeks now. Tony Pollard included. He's getting into the end zone again. Looks like he's starting to get comfortable. Um, I... I have a, uh, or I'm a big fan of Tony Pollard, even as somebody who doesn't like the Cowboys uh, when he's completely healthy. But obviously, that's the uh, the injury at the very end of last season is, is still sticking with him to a degree. But it looks like he's beginning to get get that speed back. If they can add that home run threat to everything else going on that offense right now, watch out. They they become a true threat to the 49ers, even though San Francisco beat the ever loving shit out of them at the start of the year. Has Mike McCarthy been better than Kellen Moore as a play caller? I would say yes. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, we can get on McCarthy and everything in his game management, but like, and, and it felt like a last ditch effort, you know, felt like one of those like Jimbo hiring what's his nuts, Petrino, or, Petrino or motorcycle guy. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's like, this is the last last move I can make here before I'm gone. But he's been good. Or at least it's it's felt better. Like the offense looks better than it did under Moore. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is Dak orchestrating things at the line of scrimmage, like having having options that he can call and making the call that he wants to. Because remember, he had that game in the preseason where he was calling the offense, right? And they did. I want to say they did pretty well too. Yeah. So that's so. Combination of those two guys is, yeah, I think you're right. A, a better a better version of what Kellen Moore was trying to do and what he's still doing with the Chargers, by the way. And now oh, I mean, people are asking questions about Justin Herbert. Staley, Staley is so gone. That's not even funny. I mean, he he, he, he managed him to last the whole year. Yeah, it's <laughs> – we talked about this with uh, Shaka earlier today. BK, I, mean, I think you and I talked about it off the air too. Like there, there's sometimes where it's very obvious that a guy needs to be gone years before he is. Shaka was that here at Texas. I, I know got the NIT championship eventually when they turned the season around, but you saw what he was at the most important time of the year for college basketball in March. He was routinely uh, getting outperformed by the other sideline. Yep. That's happening with Brandon Staley and has been pretty much since the beginning too. On top of him, just making batshit crazy decisions on a game in game out basis. People will focus on him going forward on fourth down, but there is, uh, there is a book on Brandon Staley that is fascinating uh, that, that should be written at some point just with regards to him 
like really explaining himself, going game by game and, and telling uh, an author or someone else why he was doing what he is doing. I mean, it makes no fucking sense and is proof that even a guy who is an NFL head coach would probably have a hard time at the high school level, even with all of his statistics. Oh my God. Yeah. I hope he's gone. There'll be a lot of, uh, be a lot of jobs open this year. They average like seven or eight a year. It's crazy. The turnover. Yeah. And I mean, look, once you're in the system, somebody else may take a chance on you. They'll assume that you've learned your lesson at the previous stop. And some guys do. I mean, I think Steve Sarkeesian is a great example of a guy who uh, was only able to reach a certain point all the way up until this year, but it, it all kind of tied together for him. And good boy, good boy, good boy, protecting the house. You don't know what that Amazon driver really wants. Y'all done? Are y'all done? Hey, do you see who uh, Duke's probably going to hire? Yeah. Speaking Andy Diaz, I, I know that you you uh, you have told me that he is a very good dude. You told the people that too, and I believe. Yeah, I him. wouldn't hire him as a head coach, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just make, I'm sorry that I gave you that qualification just now. Yes, what the fuck is Duke doing? I thought Duke was smarter than this. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, you know, I I don't know. You know, the expectations are low. So maybe he goes and went, you know, Mike Elko was thought of as a hero for going nine and four there. And look at Miami. Um, his team's underachieved, but he never went through a regular season not getting to 500. They were six and six the first year. I want to say they had a nine and three season and an eight and four season. He was fired after the eight and four season. But he seems like one of those guys that has a uh, a ceiling that he's not going to overcome. Maybe I'm wrong about that, though. Maybe Duke sees something that we don't, and they realize that he's right on the prep- precipice. Oh, I mean, like I said, he's a great guy. He's probably a really good interview. Uh, he's a sharp guy. Yeah. He's He can really relate to people. Um, so, and I kind of see it, but it's also one of those that, but it's Duke, so. Maybe the uh, the the less the lesser pressure on him because even Miami who hasn't been good for a while now, consistently good for a while. Like they got rid of Rick relatively quickly. Yeah. Considering considering that uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm when he came in, same thing happened with Manny Diaz, who was a Miami guy too. So maybe a lower pressure job will uh, allow him to really maximize his abilities and learn enough to where he could take it to that next level. Yeah. and, And Rick played there too. That's right. Yeah, I thought he I, I thought he did, but then I yeah. thought I was maybe confusing that with Manny Diaz. That's right. They've hired two alumni in a row. Yeah, no, I mean he he played there. So um yeah, with Manny, you know, it's funny though, with we talked about you just mentioned Shaka. Some some places she's fit better. Like Shaka should have been gone, and Shaka is killing it at Marquette. And I'm really happy for him. Talk about a, another really good guy. And it's just a better fit. And Shaka had Chances, I'm sure he learned a lot after leaving here and like, you know, I need to get back to really who I am and and what what my principles are as a basketball coach, because he did change here, too. I believe he's from Milwaukee. He grew up somewhere in that area because I remember him when he got when he was uh, when he made the final four run 
with George Mason. He came in throughout the first pitch that very next Cubs season. And there was a good interview with him where it was talking about him coming down to Chicago to watch Cubs games with, I think it was his grandfather. Cool. And uh, yeah. So to your point, Shaka Smart, good guy. I'm, I'm like, you know, other than them kicking the shit out of Texas last night, which I think is less a Shaka Smart thing, although you know he wanted that one and more. Yeah. Uh, a Texas team that still has a long ways to go to be competitive in March and uh, getting somebody like Dylan to sue back obviously helps too, but they've got some things they need to figure out. Like I want to see Shaka smart succeed. That yeah. wouldn't bother me at all to see him succeed at Marquette, but not at Texas. Yeah. But I mean, it, obviously you, you learn stuff. I mean, Sark's a much better coach now than he is, than he was at Washington. Right. So we do have to remember that, that people grow and everything. Hey, really uh, is not one of those fucking guys just for the record. He is not somebody do not give that guy another head coaching opportunity unless you who? want to be roundly mocked by the rest of uh, the football watching world. Who Who is that? Brandon Staley. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's like giving Charlie Strong another head coaching gig at this point. Yeah. yeah don't do reasons. that. Hey, by the way, how did Tom Herman do this year? They were either four and eight or five and seven. Let's see. Is he Florida International or Atlantic? I think he's Atlantic. I think. Uh, he's somebody who uh, who really tightened the diet up, by the way. Yeah, no, he he had some bad weight too that he lost. They finished four and eight on the year with a oh boy, that is a tough four game losing streak to end the season. They lost five of six to end the year. Yeah. Quarterback um, powers. What's that? But too many quarterback powers. <laughs> Probably. He uh, won too many games where he's headbutting his helmeted players before the game, and then they lose the game. Wasn't Casey Thompson there? Yes, but he went down to a season-ending injury at some point. That may help explain the precipitous drop. He's going to be back, too. No. Yeah. Bullshit. Wow. Next year is it for the COVID year, right? I, I think so. There's a Jeff Howe had a crazy, I mean, crazy ass tweet. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, that really shows you how how far or how long some of these guys have have been in. Where's Jeff Howe? Jeff Howe. But yeah, no, I, I'm pretty, here it is. Um, so Cam Rising and Casey Thompson were in the same 2018 Texas football recruiting class with Joseph Osai and Caden Stearns. The seventh college seasons for Rising and Thompson will take place while Osai and Stearns are in their fourth seasons in the NFL. That is wild. That is, that's one of the best Jeff Howell nuggets ever. <laughs> Seriously. Man. Hey, I'm going to pee. Uh, get, Give someone a shout out here. Yeah, I will definitely do that. We'll start with audiovisual consultations. I love my guy, Tom. Okay, I haven't talked to Tom in a while. I need to give him a call here pretty soon to see how things are going. Tom, thankfully, was responsible for hooking up 
what's going on in our living room and the upstairs nook with regards to a TV setup, uh, surround sound to go with downstairs. We could do the surround sound upstairs. We just haven't gotten to that point just yet. He would love to provide something like that for you as well. He's been doing it here in Central Texas since 1988, hooking up homes and places of business. They do more than just the uh, home entertainment centers, even though that's what they're most known for. They can handle electrical, security, lighting, you name it. It has to do with electrical. They can probably take care of it with those audio and visual elements as well. Give them a call, 255-8678. That's 255-8678. You can also go to avconsultations.com to check out more about audio visual consultations. Also want to say hello to Steve, AKA Cooter. He is our friend who is the owner and founder of Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. They've been doing it here in Austin, taking care of those pest problems since 2006. Steve is somebody who really values people. He is all about relationships and that's evident in how he treats his employees and how his employee treats every single one of their clients. How do I know? Well, plenty of five-star rating interviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere. So even though you're going to hire pest wranglers to take care of those pest problems, you're going to keep them because they are giving you such great customer service. No contracts. Steve is that confident that when you Bring them aboard for the first time. It'll be a long-standing relationship. You can go to pestwranglers.com to find out more, also to snag that contact info as well. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. Texas Longhorns. We are a handful of weeks away now. Four weeks as Kevin Dunn is back. Playing the Washington Huskies in one semifinal game, the other being Michigan and Alabama out in Southern mm -hmm. California. And uh, I've gone back and forth over these last few days, Kevin, on which team I would rather play uh, between Michigan and Alabama. I think the obvious answer is Michigan, but it's also very difficult to beat the same team twice in one year. Now, Washington just did that to Oregon, a good Oregon team. But to beat Nick Saban twice in one year is a pretty daunting task when you think about it. Yeah, um, I mean it. But I think that Texas matches up better with Alabama too, though. I agree, but Michigan doesn't scare me. I mean, unless J.J. McCarthy gets more dynamic, uh, they do not. They're a really good football team. They could certainly beat Texas, but they don't scare me. Hmm. And the way Milrow's playing right now and running around, that, that, that does worry me a little bit. Texas can beat both of them. I'd probably rather face Michigan than, than Alabama. Um, and I'd probably Washington's probably the one I don't want to face the most because because of what they do well and what we don't do well. But heck, you, you got four left, man. You you got to fight them at some point. That's right. Looking around at the rest of the NFL for this weekend's, we have a truly awful game tonight. Not to say that Pittsburgh's awful, although they're not very good. They're certainly not seven and five good having been outgained in each of their seven wins. And now they're without Kenny Pickett with Mitchell, the Bitchell Trubisky 
starting at quarterback for the Steelers tonight against a New England Patriots team that is very clearly tanking and trying to get one of those top two picks in April's draft so that they can select either Caleb Williams or Drake May. Uh, so that's tonight's game. And then when you start to look through the weekend, Atlanta has clawed their way back to a division lead. Uh, Bijan Robinson getting used more. Is he still being used properly? I think that's a, a good conversation. Ritter inserted back into the uh, the starting lineup for the Falcons. Um, he's. I think we see what Desmond Ritter is going to be as an NFL quarterback. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons around him, and he's still uh, he's still kind of all over the yeah. place too. But Atlanta is benefiting from being in a uh, a really bad division right now. Yeah, no the the NFL is is pretty wide open. It makes it fun though, you know. I mean, I think Miami and Dallas are a lot alike. Um, that that they're really fun to watch, but I, I don't know how good they are when they face really top tier teams. They haven't proven to be good whenever they face them. So, uh, but there are probably, I mean, there are multiple teams that could win the Super Bowl. Uh, It's not down to like two or three. And I think all four teams could win the national championship. So all of the seven and five teams right now, it's a hilarious group to look at because there are some real stinkers in there. And if you're a Texans fan, you're feeling pretty good about the company that you're keeping just with the optimism that you have versus the reality of everybody else. Right. So yeah. Texans seven and five Colts are seven and five. Certainly a surprise. And Minshew has been a fun story, but that's not a great football team. The Browns are seven and five with some of the injuries and Sean Watson being out for the year. I mean, how much more can they possibly do the Steelers seven and five as well. And then you go over the NFC. Yeah. There's not, I mean, it's just a bunch of six and six teams on the NFC side of things. So those are the seven, five, seven and five teams. The Texans are easily the best of those four squads. Are there any bowl games that you're looking at that actually fire you up? Actually one that isn't bad is um, what a and playing Oklahoma state, which is funny. Who's Oklahoma playing? They're playing. Uh, I forgot who it was. To answer your question, I haven't looked at the bowl schedule once. I've taken a yeah. glance at the New Year's Six game, so I'm looking at it for the very first time right now. Uh, you're right, a playing Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. Have fun with that one, guys. Oklahoma State's going to win that game, right, with as many dudes as have defected from College Station? Yeah, I mean, you, you, I would think so. Oh, buddy. Look, I know you've been an Arizona fan all year long. We are yeah. all. Arizona fans. Yes, that was the game I was thinking of. On Thursday, December 28th, when Arizona and Oklahoma square off at the Alamo Bowl. Yes. That that could be a pretty good game, but here's the deal. I mean, we you know, we haven't really gotten gotten into it yet. Man, there's so, there are a lot of big time players in the portal. Wait, Cam Ward, Dante. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel transferred from, or he's in the transfer portal, so he's not playing in that game, is he? I don't think so, no. Wow. Cam Ward, Kyle McCord, uh, there have been some surprising names in the portal. Who was Texas lost? They lost uh, Catalan, we mentioned. or Someone else went in there who was a backup. Yeah, Catalan, Casey Kane, uh, Sawyer, Gorham, Welch, BJ Allen. And Xavion Bryce, mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. The quarterback movement is fascinating right now. 
within this sport. It's entirely too much to see this many talented players moving from one team to another. But like Cam Ward is being rumored to Ohio State right now. Riley Leonard was initially linked to Notre Dame, although I it's hard not to wonder if AM doesn't enter that picture considering that Elko was his head coach. And I think that Colin Klein would call a really good offense for Riley Leonard too. Um, Rising is returning for whatever year, as is Casey Thompson to the uh, to the point that you just made. Uh, but other guys moving around. Uh, um, Will Howard from Kansas State is going someplace else. Yeah, I saw him link to USC. USC, really? Hmm. Yep. What do you think of Col- What do you think of Colin Klein? Uh, Klein at AM. I think they've had good offenses these last few years. Like the offense was unfortunately kind of derailed by Will Howard at times this season, but I thought it looked good, good last year. And if he gets more talent in some of those spots, yeah, I, I think that uh, that has potential to be really good for AM. Yeah, he's 34. Um, I, I don't love it, but it, it could definitely work. I kind of feel the same way about that as I do with Mike Elko. Great point. You know? I'm like, yeah, it's, it could work, but I'm not overly fired up. I'm certainly not like super bullish on it where where it just it scares me as a UT fan. He asks his quarterback to do some things with his legs, so they're just going to need to make sure to recruit to that. And as BK said earlier today, Wegman, uh, he is an athletic guy, so he he might be able to, uh, to handle that, but he's also coming off of a major injury too. So you want to be careful there, at least at the start. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of who else. You know, they have a couple of assistants. I'm curious. UT's in a weird spot. Like, I don't know if he makes any changes during the offseason with the coaching staff, uh, especially if, if you end up getting to the championship game. And I understand why, but I, I do want him to be pretty introspective, even after a 12-1, and 13-1, whatever, whatever year it's going to end up being. No question. Well, they're at least going to have to replace the linebackers coach. Although Joe yeah. is coaching through whenever Texas season is done, which is cool. He admitted that he's just going to be burning both ends for a little bit. Love to hear that uh, because he cares about this football team. Back to the whole relationships conversation. I don't know. I could see them making a move in the secondary. You mentioned Corey Raymond a couple of times. Like when you got somebody like that, you don't fuck around. Uh, you you do what you have to to bring him in, and we saw him do that with Tashard Choice. Um, we've seen him do that with a couple different wide receivers coaches now too, and uh, so I, I could see him being aggressive along those lines, even in a year where they've done as well as they have. Yeah, what do you think about Soto to the Yankees? Did you see that? I care so little about baseball right now that I realize that that's a huge trade and it makes for a formidable middle of the Yankees lineup with uh, him probably falling between Stanton and judge. Is that how it's going to go just to get that right, left, right? Yeah. I mean, well, for the 30 games that Stanton plays. (laughs) Right. Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, look good for the Yankees for having another star that they get to root for, but why would San Diego get rid of him? They just spent a lot of money to bring him in. What's the problem there? Well, I really don't, I don't know. I'm just asking that question. 
they spent a lot of capital. AJ Preller, their uh, GM, did so they gave up a lot of prospects, but they hadn't re-signed Soto. So it's not like you know he he's going to be a free agent after next year. So yeah, so they ended up getting a lot of prospects back. They're trying to you know the, obviously their experiment didn't work. They're probably not going to re-sign Blake Snell. So I don't think they're going to be rebuilding, but they're definitely taking a different approach. And they, I mean, I, everything I'm hearing, I'm pretty sure he's a Boris guy. Like he wants 400, 500 million. And I don't think he's going to get that. So the Yankees needed a left-handed bat. They have enough prospects. I thought it was a pretty good deal both ways. So Soto, assuming he can stay healthy, is going to be a great fantasy player this year with that. Oh, with that. With that porch, band exactly that bandbox right field that is in Yankee Stadium. He's going to just be able to poke the ball out at times. Yeah, and uh, I mean he still has a really good approach, and he kind of figured some stuff out this year. Kind of got back to more of who he is. He can almost be too patient at times, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was waiting for that to drop. So that's kind of where we're at sports wise. You know, I mean, I I didn't even know Texas was playing Marquette. It could go to, you know, last night I turned on at halftime, figured it out and saw they just got their ass kicked. So I didn't, I didn't watch a minute of that. Uh, I know they're still missing a couple guys. What, what happened? I mean, obviously Mark, I saw Marquette beat Kansas. I watched probably good half of that game and Marquette's pretty fucking good. I mean, shaka has got a good club, man. Yeah. They've got a white point guard who is really good. Great passer, great scorer, great shooter. Don't want to go too far with the comparison. He's got, you know, he's got a tiny bit of a John Stockton feel, like maybe a slightly bigger play than that, player than that. Um, but uh, they they were just good top to bottom, and they they pushed the ball up the floor. You know, Rodney Terry said he wanted to do that, and his teams have tried that at times, but uh, they've just hit a little bit of a wall right now. They need Dylan DeSue back. They need somebody else who can score consistently like DeSue can to go along with Max Acemus. I said this with BK earlier, Tyrese Hunter, man, I loved him as a player at Iowa state, but he's almost been too unselfish over the last few years. Cause he's playing with other guys who need the ball to be effective, but Tyrese Hunter kind of needs the ball to be effective. And uh, that that's uh, that's going to Acemus a little bit more right now. Like it did with Marcus Carr at times over these last couple of years too, or last year, I guess when Hunter was a part of the roster. Um, so uh, he got in foul trouble early and never was, able to really get a shot going. Uh, Shedrick, who has had some really good games for this team, uh, was kind of absent. You uh, you saw a little bit out of Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell was okay, but he uh, he also didn't quite get it going offensively like we saw to him earlier this year too. Still grabbed 10 boards, had a couple of really nice posterization blocks. Uh, but uh, this is a basketball team that still needs to figure out figure itself out. It, it can only get so far without Dylan Dessou, but even with Dessou back in there last night, they would have gotten blown out of the building. It was just a it was an on night for Marquette, and I, I just don't think Texas is great right now. They were uh, an average team at best. Yeah, they, they they have to get completely healthy. I mean, I just the little I've seen them, and it was against bad competition. They they look like they have some pieces to put it together. Mitchell early on looked like he. He'd improved his game. I mean, he had no game last year. He was an alley oop guy. That was it. Yeah, no, he's he's really done a great job of that. He's uh, been better at hitting free throws too, which is great. Like he is a much more effective option out there. We saw a little bit more out of him at the end of last season too, 
So it's a bit of that uh, Quinn Ewer scenario where it's like, oh, something's starting to click for you, and uh, you can see it in your play. And uh, him choosing to come back versus trying to go to the NBA was a good idea for him as well, just toiling in the G League like way too many Texas big guys have, or even on an NBA roster and just not getting enough playing time or uh, just whatever reason, you are uh, not doing what had been hoped when you've been taken in the lottery of the first round. Uh, so you'll probably see more of that with college basketball, which will help that sport out going forward because NIL money will make it a viable option now or a more viable option than some of the under-the-table stuff that have been going on uh, up to this point. But Dylan Mitchell can only do so much. This this team, bottom line, needs Dylan to sue back. Uh, he will be their leader on offense, even with Ace Miss out there. And uh, we'll see what happens uh, if and when DeSue comes in, like they're saying, in the middle of this month and then really – uh, gets ramped back up for the start of conference play when 2024 gets here. Is there someone else out too? Felt, felt like there were a couple guys out. Maybe it's just him. Maybe Shedrick mm-hmm. made it, came back. So, so look, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit you here, dude. I have not watched a ton of Texas games this year because a lot of them are on LHN against really bad competition, and I've got other shit to do with my time. Yeah, totally. The handful of games that I've watched, I totally I, get. I can't think of a, a guy or a name who is also out, but I don't know this roster that well. It's just what college basketball is now. You're going to see yeah. new guys from the previous year, and it's going to take you half the fucking season to, to to learn what the team is again. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of a sport that that has less importance that, than it did 20 years ago at this time. I mean, because, yeah, you're right. You knew everyone. You, you had watched them for two or three years. They had played together for two or three years, so the level of ball was better. But um, but I do like the personnel they have, so I'll definitely get into it. I am watching the women's volleyball game tonight. They're taking on Tennessee in the Sweet 16. Oh, thank you for letting me know that because we will be watching it in this household too. And if they make the Elite Eight, we'll watch that that game as well or that match as well. ESPNU. Yeah. No, I've I've, I've um really gotten into volleyball the last, I don't know, 10 years. So what time is that one? I believe seven o'clock. Okay. Um, no, it's eight. Oh. Uh, Shit, hold on. Yeah, eight o'clock on ESPN two. Okay. Um, they've been kind of weird this year. They, they like, I feel like every time I watch them, they get down really early and like will drop a set, and huh. then and then come storming back. But obviously, they're defending champions, and and that's a fun team to watch, man. So I'm hoping hoping they can make a little run here, at least get back to the Final Four. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoy women's volleyball too. Like the Texas women's volleyball team is probably my second favorite program to follow. Hmm. No offense to the baseball team. No offense, offense taken, asshole. Um, yeah, I would go football, baseball. That's 1A, 1A, too. And then still basketball, but that's dropped. But basketball and then volleyball. Yeah, basketball is probably number three for me. But it's a distance. And then rowing. Rowing. Do some crew action. Swimming and diving. How much did you interact with Eddie Reese when you were at LHN? Pardon me? How much did you interact with Eddie Reese when you were at LHN? Not much at all. Hmm. 
I mean, I didn't have the relationship I did like I did with Augie or Rick, um, but but was always a nice guy. But yeah, I I mean, I talked to him a couple times, but didn't okay. really talk to him a bunch. But I remember even in college, I went to a couple of the swim meets because I had buddies who were swimmers. And, you know, anytime it's you're winning at that level, it's fun. You know, I remember one of those dudes. I remember meeting one of those dudes. It's when Sean you were, uh, Mim was hanging out also. Yeah, it's probably Sean Foley. He was on a couple of those. That's channels. Yep, that's him. Yeah, I ran into Foley a couple of months ago, man. It's good catching up with him. But still in Austin. Yeah. Cool. Private equity. But he. uh yeah, no, he, he he was. I mean, it, that that was the funny thing about the swim team because Foley would have been from what, like Wisconsin. Like they they got they got people from all over the country. I mean, and we were nationally recruiting in swimming before we were nationally recruiting in anything. There's a bunch of uh, Michael Phelps too, like tall guys who had super long arms, yeah, shorter torsos, jug handle ears. Not Foley, but uh, yeah. Is that a common quality among swimmers because of the uh, the caps? I don't know. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking more about Phelps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be... I've had to stop my son from doing this uh, when we swim in the summer. Putting the, uh, the goggle strap down over his ears. I'm like, dude, if you keep doing that for hours on end, your ears are eventually going to form like that. Trust me, you don't want that. No, okay ears right now, but they have the uh, the ability to be a, a negative quality for you. This is what I tell my son when he's my mom. Used, my mom used to blame parents for that. I think a lot of it is on the parents. Just that not whatever them. that whenever you're really small, lay them down. Make sure that the ear forms there. Yeah, you want that thing pinned back to the head. You don't want it flapping out. Yeah, alien style. Yeah, there's some sports reporter. She's a good-looking woman, and I'd never seen her. She'd always had her hair down. I'd never seen her with her hair up, and I was like, oh, that's why. So I have oh. a question for you. Shoot. Another one. The Texas Sports Unfiltered promo for our show today said, these two, it's a picture of you and me holding the hook'em hand sign, and it says, these two couldn't smooth a silk sheet with a hot babe. Dot, dot, dot. I lost my train of thought. Isn't, don't you want the silk sheet to be not smooth with the hot babe? Like, am I missing something there? I don't know. All this is over my head. Like, what what did BK put the, say it again? These two couldn't smooth a silk sheet with the hot babe. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, I lost my train of thought. That's pretty funny. What's the, I lost my train of thought? Is that a shot at us? I don't know. He may have gotten baked before he sent that tweet out or something. I have no idea. The tweet doesn't make sense to me though, because I, I'm not kidding when I say, don't you want the silk sheet not smooth? Don't you want the sheets ruffled? Yeah, here he is. Here he is. Hey, Cougar, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with the babe. I lost my train of thought. What is it? Sandlot? Frank Costanza. Hey, Kruger, 
Oh, <laughs> at the Festivus dinner. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, my God. Uh, BK, was he napping? He obviously wasn't. That was, that was funny uh, Tuesday, man. I'm sure so- he's doing all sorts of shit at his desk right now. That was perfect timing. I like the Festivus episode of Seinfeld, but it uh, that that did not pop into my head when I read that. No, because I I had already given up on Seinfeld by that point. Yeah, that was post Larry David Seinfeld for you. Yep, I'm a much better Jew than uh, BK. <laughs> I stayed by Larry David's side. Man, Seinfeld, like I I am willing to admit, Seinfeld got more cartoonish after that. Even though Larry's still there, like it got more cartoonish though. It wasn't as, it wasn't as realistic as it was when LD was around. No. And it wasn't nearly as funny either. I thought it was still really funny. Oh, I did not. I, I just don't laugh at any of those at all. Yeah. You and I enjoy making one another laugh, but we can also admit that our senses of humor aren't, dead on with one another and that's okay well yeah i'm I'm glad they're not otherwise we wouldn't make each other laugh i mean i guess if you're just masturbating in the mirror but i haven't done that in a couple hours wait you think that's funny what masturbating in the mirror yeah because i could do more of that for you if you'd like (laughs) no i'm all good (laughs) really all good all good buddy all good I can I can get artistic with uh, how I'm holding the phone as I'm recording it. No, no, we're good. <laughs> so I am thinking that Texas is going to definitely uh, talk about an attractive place to go right now. Like they should be able to, you know, they were already doing well in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. and now you only have more evidence that this is a great spot to come to, and to not only make some money but elevate your stock for the NFL for the next year there are multiple positions that they need to address with the transfer portal is the biggest priority wide receiver though, with what they're about to lose with worthy, likely Mitchell Whittington, JT Sanders. Yeah. Um, Sanders is a tight end, but he's obviously just a, in that important group of pass catchers. Now it's all assuming that Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton and, and Carter come back. Like if they all come back, then I, I'll feel good about the interior defensive line. Sadir Mitchell, too, young guy. Yep, young guy. So if all those guys come back, then yeah, I probably will be wide receiver. But they're they should be in pr- pretty good. I mean, maybe you go get a tight end, maybe you go get a linebacker. Obviously, anyone in the secondary, if they're that good. Yeah, safety should be one of those positions. Maybe even linebacker, too. You're about to lose Jalen Ford. So, uh, Anthony Hills, come on nicely. He's still got a ways to go in coverage, which hopefully the offseason can help out with that. He's going to be a freak, man. That that guy is so explosive. And you see him start and stop. He, he is uh, – I've got no worries about him. I think they would be smart to deploy him off the edge a little bit more against Washington, especially if they are looking to throw um, earlier on. Like you, you haven't really had to utilize him like that since the Alabama game. And I get, they want I get that they want him to develop as just a more of a traditional linebacker between the tackles too. But 
this is the game to truly let him play to his strengths. Yep. I totally agree with that. And they're going to have to apply pressure and there are going to be times in this game where we're going to have to eat. PK is going to have to feel it and say, okay, it's time to come. It's mm-hmm. time to get after their ass. Yep. Because I, you know, we, we have to, we're getting chewed up and they're taking the fight to us. So you can't do it the whole time, but they're going to have to get pressure. It's what Oregon couldn't do at the end of the day enough. With mm. is they couldn't, it couldn't get to them. Very good point. And if you don't get to them, like no one's stopping. There's no secondary in the country that's stopping this team. They got three NFL guys who complement each other too. They've got some size. They've got fast twitch. And they've got a quarterback who can deliver it. And, and like I said, the, the stack – concepts they run are NFL NFL worthy at a high level. Like they mm. this is a really fucking well coached team offensively. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um so you're you've talked a little bit about places you want to go to New Orleans because we are going to be in this city together and while we're not going to be together at all times, uh we'll be hanging well, out I'm not, I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm going yet. What? No, no, no. You're going. You've already said that you're going. No, I said I may. I said I said I was thinking about it. I I, I said that, that this is, could possibly happen. Look at you. Look how butthurt you are. I don't know. I don't no, know I'm, not, I'm, I'm not butthurt. I'm not butthurt. You can make that decision. I'm bummed, though, because I was looking forward to hanging out with you. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons I may not go. Well, um, fuck. No. I've done it again. <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, I, I may go, assuming I go, continue with the thought. What else would you want to do in that city over the course of a couple of days? Because the game itself is not until New Year's night. 7.45 is when the kickoff is. So there's going to be some time to kill. Eat. Eat the entire right. time. No, I mean, that's the only thing I want to do there, though. Okay, all right. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Is there is, is there a driving range we should go check out or something like that there's there's cool museums and parks yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, maybe i mean sure i mean uh, like w- what museums are there that, that are worth going to last time we were there buddy and i went to the world war ii museum and that was really okay. cool that would be cool there you go now there's we're things like that i think there's a jazz museum there that might be worthwhile that could be cool all right, I, I I got a schedule here. Uh, there's uh, you can go to Harrah's and play Pie Gal for twelve straight hours. I've done that. Well, that that may be a not, pow, be, not Pie Gal. I played blackjack. So we we may have to go play some Pie Gal because Pie Gal. Although I've come around on blackjack a little bit too from this most recent trip to uh, to Vegas. It's all about those bonus bets. But Pie Gal is a lot of fun, and you can. You can sit on a t- a small amount of money for a long time too. One thing I do like too, I, I like just walking around there. You got live music. I mean, so I mean, and I'm kidding around, obviously, to some degree. I'm not just going to go eat, but walking around that that area is just there's just an energy to that city, which is truly unique. Yeah, like at some point I'm going to want to go see the Mississippi River, but I don't think I'm going to want to linger though. Mississippi, it's just kind of grossing me out. It, the Mississippi River is brown and disgusting. And it's not a body of water I want to stare at. That body of water has been romanticized a lot in the past. Yeah. Obviously, Mark Twain 
that was uh, that was a setting for uh, for some of his stories. It looks like there's just a bunch of shit in there. It's a disgusting body of water. It, it reminds yeah. me of Lake Louisville up in the DFW area. Like I have no desire to get uh, my skin anywhere close to that water. And if that's the case, mm. I'm probably not going to want to be around the water for that long. Like the Chicago River. Chicago River is a feces slash Dave Matthews band feces slash green dye slash Asian carp infested uh, body of water. It's disgusting. I don't want to sit at a table just off the Chicago River. I see people kayaking the Chicago River. Like, what are you fucking doing right now? You're going to grow a lump out of the side of your head when you're done with that. I can't believe people are in like town lake now no one was in town lake in the 80s man like drunk people that would get swallowed up by duckweed yeah now it's paddle board borders who will eventually be swallowed up by duckweed it's not just out of towners either by the way i know people who live in this town they go down to town lake to hang out on the weekends it's like uh yeah find a swimming pool or something right there are other bodies of water to go enjoy I'm not even that crazy about lakes, like true lake swimming. Like, even though that is, uh, it's a part of the Colorado river. It's also a part of, let's say Lake Travis. I would rather be in Lake Travis seven days out of the week than, than going into town lake. Give me oceans and pools. Those are my bodies of water. Yeah. It depends on the ocean, but generally I'm with you on that one. Well, yeah, I'm not jumping in in Alaska, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So these last few days, I've gone to my gym, Lifetime North, which is off of the 45 Toll Road in Parmer, essentially. Great gym. Highly recommended. A ton of awesome equipment. It gets crowded at times, but if you don't have to go during gym rush hour, uh, you have space to work and a bunch of options. But they have an outdoor pool that they don't close off in the wintertime. So I've been going out these last few days and spending a couple minutes in the 55-degree water because it's supposed to have uh, some health benefits for you. Are you like dunking like you going all the way in? I don't I don't go head under in part because I'm very vain about the little bit of hair on top of my head and that would just make it look even worse. Um but I'll go up to my neck and then I'm just watching the clock and a thermal layer forms when you get into really cold water that helps you uh, resist the cold a little bit better. Like trying to move around a little bit to keep stirring things up. And yeah, after a couple minutes today, I went four minutes. You get out, go do your workout. There's a little bit of focus there. It's a, got a bit of a mood enhancing quality to it as well. And it uh, also kicks your metabolism into a higher gear too. Like I find myself a little bit hungrier after I do this sort of thing or like go to cryo or something, let's say. Yeah, you, I, I was going to ask, are you still doing cryo? Uh, here and there, but quite honestly, because this place has a sauna too that gets really hot. Like I can probably get away with just at least through the winter months just having a gym membership and not worrying, have to pay a little bit more at a cryo's place, but like restore cryo near uh, where uh, we live in up in Cedar park and they have locations all across the city. They do a pretty good job. Us cryotherapy, Austin, which is where I took you previously. And I had gone for years. They shut down, unfortunately. Oh, they shut down. Yeah. As a result of a jerk off landlord too, who uh, just sprung them with a new rent price and no time to really 
um, to really make the necessary adjustment. And so it just wasn't worth it for him, unfortunately. That was a cool place. Yeah, it's a great spot. Restore is really good too. And it's right near to where I live versus 31st and North Lamar. So um, I, I definitely utilize them a little bit. I like the local cryo option that you have there where they're just blowing really cold uh, air on a sore slash injured body part. It's really helped with uh, with my hip recently, which has been slightly problematic. It like helps knock some of those problems out. And then the, the cryo chamber is a lot of fun. I just, I love going in there and doing that. Like if nothing else, you just come out, come out with this, this burst of energy. And oh, it's a rush, it's man. An overly optimistic mood necessarily, but uh, there's a positive mental effect for sure. I don't get nervous very often, which is a good thing, I guess. But like, I, I, I was a little nervous before that. I was like, what is this going to be like? You know, not getting nervous is a bad thing for you, actually. You mean in life? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I know I wasn't I wasn't extolling the virtue. Um, so when I do get nervous now, I'm like, hey, this is a good feeling. I, I need to have this more often. Pretty much. I'm just living dead. Ner- nervousness involves doing stuff that scares you. And it's good yeah. to do stuff that scares but, you. Yeah, cha- challenging yourself, which I don't do enough. Exactly. What's the last time you got nervous doing this show today? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, just be. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the last time I got nervous, I don't know. I mean, probably something work related, like on some call I was on, and not nervous, just feeling some of the nerves. Like, hey, I really want to nail this. I want to be, want to be on point. But like, really nervous? I don't know. I don't get. I don't get nervous enough. I mean, once again, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think it's good to get nervous. Not Barney Fife. Fucking eight times a day. Oh, 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 oh. no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It sounded like you were going to start with a G there, but something's going on. When was the last time you got nervous? Actually, it would have been uh, interviewing your mark two weeks last, whenever the fuck that was, last week. Yeah, it was a week ago. God, you got a lot of love for that dude, rightfully so. I only like I didn't get nervous about talking to him because I like talking with him. I got nervous about how I was going to broach the question of the the tech stuff, and that led to me yammering just a little bit too much versus being being slightly more direct. Like it needed, I had to set it up, but in setting it up, I just started word vomiting. So I would have been like, because you want to learn in a situation like that, just making sure that I I tighten it up a little bit and have like a good vision, even if I need to write it out first, understand exactly what I need to ask to, uh, to kick that subject off. Cause once I got past that first part, I, it was fine and I knew to, to be more direct, but yeah, I just, I started tripping over myself as a result of being nervous. No, I'm still really damn good, man. Hey, who plays tonight again? He's at the dog shit game. Yeah. Because I, I can't even fucking watch it. Steelers. Oh Yeah. Amazon, we can give you our Amazon login. It's uh, Steelers and Patriots. Eh, no thanks. With Ezekiel Elliott being the primary running back for New England tonight, I'm out of the out, out of playoff contention in both of my leagues, but I've got one more game, and I picked up Ezekiel Elliott just to really say fuck this season or these seasons. Has he been okay at all with them? I, I know they're dog shit. They have two wins, right? He, he's been all right, but... Ramondre Stevenson is out with 
an ankle injury, maybe forget what is hurting for him. So Zeke is like the only guy in the roster. So the prediction is, is that if anybody scores a touchdown in this game, it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott over even anyone on the Steelers. You know, the Steelers continue to insist on being bad on offense. I get that they're worse, obviously, with Mitchell DeBitchell in there instead of um, instead of Kenny Pickett. And they've really squandered George Pickens this year. But, like, they said a couple weeks ago that they were going to let George, uh, Jalen Warren be the lead guy. But they're still starting Najee Harris and giving him more carries than Jalen Warren. Like, you're, you're like not even making an effort to get the right guy the ball. Like Najee Harris, week in and week out, is a three yards per carry guy. And Jalen Warren is almost always over five or six yards a carry. And the few games that they've given them uh, even carries, that doesn't go away. Like he is still outperforming Najee Harris. So, Well, they they fired Matt Canada too, right? They did. And at that point, you thought that Jalen Warren would get more run and they were supposed to throw the ball to, to George Pickens a little bit more. And neither of those things have happened. Hey, so explain to me, I've been too busy, but I've seen it. I just haven't read on it or heard anything, but I saw that the NCAA is talking about paying guys. What's up with that? Uh, yes. Charlie Baker two days ago wrote a letter that he did not pass around to the conference commissioners first. He just put a letter out through NCAA.org. Uh, Who's Charlie Char- Baker again? He is the new president of the NCAA. He took over for Mark Emmert, former governor of Massachusetts. So he has that political background, which theoretically will help with their attempts to lobby the feds to come up with some sort of law or rule that helps to govern college sports with NIL and antitrust, et cetera, but really college football and all of that stuff. So he wrote a letter two days ago, addressed it to members of the NCAA. And he basically said, look, NIL is to a point now that we are seeing a, a separation between those who have the resources to really compete within this structure and those who don't. So the NCAA needs to create a subset for those, let's just call them Blue Bloods Plus, the Power Five schools, some of the Power Five schools that are going to be at this higher level with all their sports, whereas uh, everybody else is going to be in that secondary level. And that on its surface is not necessarily a terrible call by him, especially because the NCAA has been so backward thinking for so long now on the issues that matter the most, like truly still trying to fight battles that had been decided five plus years ago in a lot of cases. Uh, so this is their attempt to, to try and be a little bit ahead of the curve here. And while this does feel like the direction that things are headed, it's not consensus across college sports that it's headed this way, or maybe, maybe it is for you, but for me, that's not what the re- real issue is here. The issue is with, college football much more than anything else. And so in laying out this plan, Charlie Baker talks about this new level of college sports is going to allow the schools and athletics departments to directly pay players. And so that might involve rolling collectives into athletics departments or some think that it could mean 
abolishing collectives altogether. I think that's bullshit. These, the guys who are doing it right are doing it well. Like Texas is obviously a great example of this. The athletics department is not going to want to uh, try and bring fresh people in to try and figure that part of the process out. But they're saying that because the athletics department is going to be uh, disseminating the money, that this will fall under Title IX. It will still adhere to Title IX. And that's one of the big mistakes that you're making right there is by saying that the money that's going to be given out in college football from these universities who will be directly involved and can actually set deals up, NIL deals for these student-athletes, to say that amount is going to go to the female side is fucking ridiculous. And all yeah, does- By the way, it's not just the female side. It's every other male sport, too. Maybe basketball you go a little bit. Baseball, like uh, all the men's tennis shouldn't shouldn't be paid. I'm I'm glad you talked about that because that's an important component in all of this is that Title IX on its surface wasn't a bad idea. What makes it a bad idea though is that you're counting football in with everything else. And it well, fucked, I've, yeah, it I've fucked been the baseball the world. You can still keep Title IX, but you have to put that clear-cut separation with college football because otherwise you're just creating these ridiculous scenarios like what we saw drop a few years ago with these hundred-person crew teams filled with rich people's kids who wanted to get into that school. And the way they could do so is by getting that scholarship for a sport that they have no intent on taking part in. And that will uh, make things better for men's sports as well. The non-football sports are still counting uh, the basketball teams, baseball, softball, and then certain other sports as well. And guess what? Some sports might go away, but that's also uh, the nature of the beast at times too. And some of that might need to happen. So uh, the NCAA is trying here. Uh, They're also still insisting that uh, college athletes will not be considered employees of the universities, which I think is dumb. You're saying that they're going to pay them directly, but they're not going to be employees of the school. Like, how how can you make that argument? That's two plus two equals five, and it will eventually be shot down by a court at some point. So the easy solution here is to try and do some of that stuff while also admitting, you know what, we can't be a part of college football going forward. We have a certain idea for what college sports needs to be. College football throws that entire thing out of whack and hand it off, or maybe it kind of already has been taken by that college football playoff committee, which will serve as a sports governing body. But they're also connected with the NCAA, that committee, correct? No. They're not? I don't believe so. Okay. I thought they were functioning as as people working for the NCAA. There, there is a relationship there, but there is not a direct connection. No, like they like obviously college football is still the NCAA makes decisions on kids that are eligible to transfer from one school to another. We call it, saw a couple of those debacles this year. Uh, they still have certain say. So that's going to go away when the new expanded playoff TV deal is agreed upon in 2026 would be my guess. I don't know that for sure. That's just feels to me the way that, that things are headed right now. Got it. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely obviously behind all this. I don't know why you would even propose anything right now. Like let the NIL take care of itself. I mean, I understand that it's not a very equal playing field. Maybe that's what they're trying to, to get in front of, but as long as that's still around, 30,000 was the number I saw. You think 30,000 is going to make a difference for kids that may make 2 million at Texas and Notre Dame? Yeah, it's a flat $30,000 um, salary, I guess, for everybody. And then there's more opportunities that can be had from there. But 
they're trying to get the ball rolling because I think they know that they're going to lose complete grasp on college football if they're not careful over two years. So he's trying to be out in front of this. The problem, though, is that he didn't talk to anybody about this before writing this letter. And while certain conference commissioners read the conferences that need the NCAA to fight their battle to keep them a part of major college football are supporting it. Whereas you have Greg Sankey coming out the day after saying, uh, this is a little bit annoying because we weren't giving any sort of heads up on this. Like I found out about this because it was emailed to me by somebody else. So uh, you, you just pissed Sankey off in the process and uh, I'm okay with that. Cause uh, the, the way that I feel that this needs to, to go down is that, you know, whatever the conferences are that separate themselves, whether it's just the SEC and Big Ten or whether they choose to include the ACC or Big 12, which I think is less of a possibility, even though they're still considered a part of the Power Four right now, uh, they, they need to, uh, to figure out the best way forward in, in making that happen and creating that separation and um, creating a subsidiary within the athletics department. I don't know what that looks like. But uh, they need to uh, to push forward with that plan and uh, really uh, in the process. And you can still schedule some of these schools, rid themselves of the idea that they are having to placate to G5 with any of those uh, expanded college football playoff spots. I agree with almost all that. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's it is kind of fascinating because it's real time and we've seen this moving this direction for a long time and. Yeah, it does feel like the NCAA is just trying to hold on, aren't they? Anyway. Yeah. Too little, too late, guys. And there's stuff that they they would have claimed they never would have done a couple of years ago, and now they're moving that direction because they have to. Well, they're also about to be on the hook, as are schools, by the way, on a, a, a four-plus billion dollar bill for these two lawsuits that are happening right now. One is antitrust and the other – has to do with uh, uh, prospective NIL money owed to uh, on a class action lawsuit that is um, that is representing a number of different former student athletes from all facets of things. The major sports, the Olympic sports, I mean, you name it. There's there's people that felt like their their value was uh, was squashed by a monopoly, that monopoly being the NCAA. Yeah, I've been waiting for class action lawsuits for a long time. And yeah, you bring it up. I mean, it, it's ridiculous to say you would not be an employee. Yeah, you are. I mean, I, you know, there's no way you're right. That that went to the courts. There's no way they win that. You could maybe make the argument if everything still went through the, um, the uh, collectives because they aren't official parts of the school. But as soon as you move that into the school, it's like, yeah, they're fucking employees. Yeah. And not just that, they're like, they very easily clear the whole full-time status thing with how much time has to com be committed in season and out of season, by the way, to committing yourself 40 hours a week, or I think the, the number is actually 30 hours a week to that craft. So. Hey, before we get out of here, uh, I know we may get out a little early today. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, man, Michigan's doing everything they can to keep them. Five-year, $55 million deal on the table. I still – I just find it hard to believe he'll be back next year. I do too, but it's getting getting to be more of a possibility with Michigan doing what they should do, and that's trying money with them if they want to keep him around. Yeah. That's been a weird relationship, not only with the NCAA stuff, 
but they had to renegotiate the contract and took money away from him, you know, and then he wins and starts to beat Ohio State. And now it's like, oh, shit, now we got to kiss his ass, you know. Those are delicate relationships that go up and down. He's such a fucking weirdo, too, that. Yeah, he is. What's the next thing going to be? I mean, it's just one thing after another with this guy. But he has one. He's done a a lot to to help you win consistently, too. So it's it's a no brainer for Michigan, obviously. I just think he may he may just be tired of all this bullshit. That's and, and that's what I'm thinking. The where it's like I'm just tired of it. I don't want to deal with it. And but eleven million dollars a year, man. That's uh, that's not a bad fucking not a bad fucking gig. Is that Nick Saban level? I think it's yeah. I think it's probably right at that, or if not a little bit more. Should he be paid as much as Nick Saban? Um, I mean, you could argue no one should, but yeah, I mean, right around there. Yeah. Let me see. It would it would make him the second highest paid coach in college football behind Nick Saban. So there you go. That's probably where he should be. Yeah. So Sark is about to fucking rake in, man. He should. They got him on a discount. Yeah, right. He had to prove it and he proved it. Talked about, yeah, he he bet on himself. Now he still made a, a pretty nice salary in the meantime, but he bet on himself and it's about to pay off in a major way for sure. As it should. He's got, what, a couple years left on this deal? Yeah, now's a, a great time to extend him. Because you don't want to let that fall into the uh, the final year of a contract. Oh, God, no. They, they won't do that. You, you can't do that with recruiting. Exactly. It starts getting really weird with recruiting. Like, if that does happen, it's like, oh, the writing's on the wall with this guy. Yeah, I mean, even, even if you're going to fire someone, you almost don't let him go into their last year. You fire him before or you extend it. Yep. And just give yourself good outs. But I'm sure his agent's going to, you know, I was even looking at his incentives. It was, I was surprised at how small the incentives were for if he ends up winning the Big 12 or getting to the playoff. Like the, those are going to be, those are going to be jacked up too. And once again, rightfully so, man, it's that important of a job. We have the money. Let's not be cheap about this. Let's not be Warren Buffett with fucking plastic on our you know, 1975 couch. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude, go buy a new fucking couch, man. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy some of the, some of the fruits of your labor, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge consumer, but there's some times where, you know, go ahead and go ahead and go buy some underwear. Right. <laughs> you, you don't, you, you don't need to be skimping with that. Just now seeing this headline, I have you heard about Sean McDermott having to apologize for something? No. Sometimes apologies may be necessary. So Sean McDermott had to apologize for using 9-11 hijackers as a leadership example. What? <laughs> he gave serious? a speech to his team back in 2019 in which he cited the September 11th hijackers as a positive example of communication and cooperation. So here is, this is from Adam Sheffer. This is so ridiculous. I mean, I remember Bill Maher got in a lot of trouble because Bill Maher at the time said, you know, that's why he got fired from Politically Incorrect. He said, they're awful people. It's the worst thing ever, but they're not cowards. Because people were just throwing everything out. It's like, they're not cowards. 
uh, they're psychotic and fucking awful and need to be burning in hell the rest of their life. But, but this is, this is going to a different level. Like, why would you ever use that as a positive example for anything? Cause cowardice is pulling up and not running the plane into the building. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I got what Mara was saying. You went very Mar on it and probably made too big of a point. It's like, all right, all right, all right. But um, I got it. Yeah, I agree. They're not cowards or everything else of any bad adjective I can think of, but they're not cowards. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, with all those qualifiers, there's one part of that statement that's going to be focused on. Right. There's, there's going to be big context there. You're going to be fucked. But that I can even understand. I'm like, all right, it's a weird point to make, but technically you're right. Why the hell would McDermott do this? So here's from Adam Schefter. At St. John Fisher College in New York, McDermott's, McDermott's morning address began innocently enough. He told the entire team they needed to come together, but then sources on hand say he used a strange model, the terrorist on September 11th, 2001. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who are all able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. One by one, McDermott started asking specific players in the room questions. What tactics do you think they used to come together? A young player tried to methodically answer. The hell? Oh, I've got to click on this. Excuse me. One young, a young player tried to, to methodically answer, what do you think their biggest obstacle was? A veteran answered, TSA, which mercifully lightened the mood. Hmm. Hmm. What tactics do you think they used to come together? <clears throat> Body odor. Hmm. I think it's those, uh, those sweet ass monkey bars that you always see in training videos, you know? Oh God. All right. I got nothing else. You got anything? No. You're looking good, man. You're looking all jacked. Is that a schmedium? I am lean back a little bit right now, so it makes me look a, a little buffer than I might be otherwise. It's it's not a schmedium, it's a medium, if that's what you're asking. A medium shirt. I was, I was mocking. The, that fits to my figure. It looks good. You look good. Thanks. Looking you good. Need to get together and work out at some point. We need to, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm starting to get to where I'm actually I can actually start to lift some shit now. It's not just air air weights, which is essentially what I was doing. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm doing it slow. I'm not I'm not trying to set any personal records. I, I certainly won't be doing that. But just want to feel good. I've got a, some guest passes to Lifetime. I'll have you up to Lifetime. We'll get in the yeah. five degree pool and then go lift some weights. I know one of the deals we're looking at. We got to talk after this uh, with what we have at Lone Star. By the way, if anyone's uh, looking to invest, we got some fucking great deals at Lone Star Development and in San Antonio, New Braunfels, Austin. But we got a Highway 71 deal that we're we're in partnership with Lifetime. It's going to be great. And I didn't realize just how great of a company that was. You had you'd been talking about how great they were, and I started doing research. Like I, I need to. I think Lifetime's where I need to go. They have, they do a great job of committing resources to making the gym better. 
it's a good environment. Got lots of different types of workout areas that they, they offer good classes to. Yeah, I've I've been a member of a bunch of different gyms over the last really throughout my life. I mean, it started with a Gold's Gym in um, in Carrollton that turned into a twenty four hour fitness. Gyms in Chicago drink up good and bad too. By the way, there's a there's a Gold's here in Austin. Not all Gold's are bad, but this Gold's in Austin was fucking terrible. This lifetime is great. It's it's a little bit more than anytime fitness or planet fitness, but I think it's worth it. Well, they have sauna, they have a pool, they've got they just have a lot of amenities, which are nice. I mean, you Hot end up in the same room. Yeah. They've got pickleball courts for the pickleball fans. They have a basketball court. They've got racquetball, yoga, cycling. Yeah, they've great free weights. They've got a bunch of uh this is an upgrade that they just made that was very necessary. They've got a bunch of um, um, platforms for uh, with the uh, with the squat racks. Oh, okay. Squat rack platforms, like they've got yeah. a lot of those now. That was that was something that they desperately needed to do, and they made it happen. Required a little bit of construction, but that was okay because they they saw a way to upgrade, and they did. No, they they definitely put money into their business, and it shows. And they've got no problem investing. They 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 do it right. Yep. All right, brother. Great, great job today. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening today. Remember to subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered on YouTube. Download that free app through your iPhone or Android or Kevin Dunn and everybody else at Texas Sports Unfiltered. I am Trey Elling. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. with Bucky and BK. In the meantime, hook up.